God, fatties, look at his butt. It is so big. He looks like that Biggest Loser podcast guy, but who understands those podcast guys anyway? He only does it to stay in the spotlight. I mean, I guess it's pretty funny and interesting and stuff, but how can he talk about health? He's just so fat. Give it Okay, Marty, your previous weight was 365 pounds, and your current weight is 345. You lost 20 pounds. Give it Yes, Marty is ready. Marty is a laser beam. I always say to him, like, are you going to be the biggest loser? Good, Marty. Because, dude, I'm seeing it. Give it Marty, that's three votes for you. You are not the biggest loser. And welcome back to Chubby Talk. Welcome back in my chubby nation. We, well, I'm sitting here at Square One Health Club and uh, I'm sitting across from my uh, my good old friend, Kevin Riley. Kevin, say hi. Hi. What the <laughs> hell was that? Well, I started to say you hello, look- but then you said to tell me to say hi, so then I went to hi. You went like, hey, hi. Hi, hi, hi. I started to say my own thing, and then I decided to follow instructions. Should we just start over? This is a, cl- this is just a cluster F. From, no, right this, from the this is honest. <laughs> this is honest. True. Yep. We uh, well, we are not actually going to be in square one too much longer. I just posted today uh, on our uh, Facebook page that um, that uh, the 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 health club par- portion, the the fitness portion, is going to be. Uh, moving in with another health club here in town, so I'm excited. It's with uh, Prairie Life uh, here in Omaha, Nebraska. So we're going to be moving in with Prairie Life on 84th and Q, and um, and in August we're like the first three weeks we're going to do like a, a trial kind of membership thing, and then uh, there's a program starting up. So I'm super excited to kind of announce that off the get go. Um, and things are things are kind of changing, and and uh, for the better, I think. So, um, so yeah, this it's uh, all for the best, and uh, I'm looking forward to the future of uh, the health club. Now, Square One will still be going. I'm, uh, I mean, I still do corporate programs. I'm still, I mean, that's still called Square One, you know. Uh, so I'll still be doing the corporate stuff, but um, but the actual day to day like health club operation stuff is uh, going to be merging with another health club here in town and offering quite a few more amenities and other stuff like that, you know? So, um, yeah, for the longest time, I felt like... We're going to get to you, Kevin, here in a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the longest time, though, you know, I felt like, you know, I've got my I, I've got my little movement of people. For the longest time, we were called a clique. You know, you, you, you were here yeah. in those days. And uh, I felt like we're, you know, a clique trying to live in a big boy world of being a health club. Um, and with a health club comes expectations, you know. Um, you know, f- first of all, most health clubs that are out there, um, you know, 67% of their membership never goes. So imagine starting a business where 67% of what you make, you never have to serve those people. Um, so like 67% of people who pay for McDonald's skip the drive through. Um, so with that being said, um, yes, those places are less expensive because they, they know your tendencies better than you do. Um, 
but uh, but at the end of the day, you know, they can control the airwaves. They can control marketing. So the next time you're, you know, the beginning of the year when you see the people that can afford to market, you're going to see it's the Blue Moon Fitnesses. It's the Lifetimes. It's the Planet Fitness. It's that they know you better than you do. Uh, 10, 12, 20 bucks a month kind of thing. They know 70% of everybody who comes in their front door isn't really going to use them at all. Um and so, uh, you know, so uh, make your uh, make your fitness decisions very, very wisely in the future. Um, I would stop. Uh, I, I would stop judging success of, of a health club on uh, how little of a membership you you pay every month. And I would judge it on how often you actually go. Uh, because, you know, you can pay $10 a month. But if you go twice in a year, I mean, you're, you're still paying quite a bit per session, you know. Uh, so uh, I would certainly look on look at that because they know your your habits and tendencies better than most people. So anyway, um, just thought that I'd throw that out. But um, or for about the a dollar per pound loss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, so we're you know I'm, I I've decided you know if you can't if you can't beat the big boys join them. And so uh, it just offers so many amenities that I can't offer and childcare and all that other stuff that busy, overweight people need, need help with, with a lot of that stuff. So I've tried to be the, the health club uh, for people um, and uh, it, it just turns out it's really hard to do that uh, with everybody's uh, perception of what health clubs offer and convenience that they offer. I can't offer that convenience. And this thing is run for six years with people traveling from all over the place to come in. Uh, and it's time uh, to branch off and, and, and go with uh, the best health club, I think, in Omaha. I've, I've certainly been, been a member there longer for six years. And I've, I've been a member everywhere, everywhere in Omaha, from Lifetime Fitness to the YMCA to Urban Active to LA Fitness to all the different places here in town. Um, and I've stuck with, uh, with Prairie Life for the longest time because I enjoy the community and the culture there, and it's great. So that's what we've got going on here at the club. I sent information out on uh, Facebook pages. More information developing. We're still, we're still putting a, a finite plan together. Um, but the program where people would have to spend money for doesn't even start until August 25th. So that gives us over a month, um, you know, about a month and 10 days. Uh, to solidify some some last bullet points that we're really looking over. So, uh, but that's not the reason why we started Chubby Talk Podcast tonight. It's because <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Riley is sitting across from me. It's time for another check in with Kevin. Kevin, how much have you lost, and what the hell have you been up to the last uh, what month and a half, two months? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I have lost now about. Well, we, it's about 77.3 pounds since January. I've been on a run now of about somewhere just above 30 pounds in the last six and a half weeks. Um, we started the policy of doing those two-minute laps. Yeah. Where I walk for as long as I can, about two minutes. Yeah, because you were, uh, you, you know, we were guessing at how active you could be. And so it's like, it was like, well, if I say, could you do a mile a week? I don't know if, you know, or steps or whatever. I have no clue what I'm asking of you. Um, so what we decided to do was 
we just sat back and talked and said, you know, do you think you could be on your feet for about two minutes? And we actually, we measured that. The first day here, your, your fitness test that we had been doing, we measured kind of how long you've been on your feet. And we knew, you know, around two minutes was maxing you out. So we're like, all right, let's use that and have that be a, a quote unquote lap. And so we started measuring your, your fitness or your, your movement in laps. And uh, so, yeah, so then you started, it's two minutes of you yeah. walking, basically, right? Yeah, and I just, I started working them in to, and sometimes they weren't formalized laps. Sometimes they were just, I was counting it if it was a extra walk I was doing in the day that wasn't part of my normal routine or part of my normal day, but it required me to do more than two minutes of walking. Yeah. You know, I would count that as a lap, um, but I tried to make sure I was getting at least a certain number of laps a day um, and we were trying to increase those as we went and I think that the added exercise um, is a lot of what also helped to increase the weight loss um, yeah it seems like because what's bizarre is you know, your first couple of weeks I mean I think your first week was big maybe a big way and then we're sputtering a little bit I mean I think it was kind of going in the right direction but really like the last five weeks you've just been in like this zone of big weight dropping and and the one thing that was was different is i feel like you've been feeling better like you're walking and being on your feet you're able to do it a lot more yeah yeah it's definitely in in the zone of feeling better uh that's definitely um improved i the the pressure on my knees is a lot less i seem to i've it's not gone. It still hurts some, but it's 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 much improved. Um, I think a lot of my core strength is coming back. It's a little easier to stand more upright and walk uh, a little more normally instead of what uh, we affectionately call the fat man waddle, um, where you just sort of kind of move side to side. Uh, you don't need to tell any, you don't need yeah, to explain does. what that is to our people. <laughs> our people understand the fat man model. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you engage your core and you can walk in a relatively normal fashion, um, sometimes I have to remind myself to do that because the other kind of walk is more habit. Um, but, um, but when I think about it, I can use the other and it actually feels better to do it that yeah. way. Um, and, uh, um, a lot of different things have gotten easier, um, you know, just even everyday things, bathing, um, filling the car with gas, moving, doing day-to-day activities, all those things have gotten a little bit easier now that some of that weight comes, well, some 77 pounds of that weight has come off. It's just yeah, that's considerably like a, easier. That's like a German shepherd and a basset hound together or it's something. my nephew ben of course that's right so tell us about that what's going on with your nephew ben well i have four net or uh, two nephews two nieces four uh well i have more than that i have two older nephews as well but um they're but the four of my sister's children are raised in age from 13 down to five years old and so we, when i started this weight loss journey we started counting as as goals Catherine is five and so it was I was going to lose a Catherine. And so Catherine, who only weighed like 43 pounds, my first goal was to lose 43 pounds so we could say, look, he lost a Catherine. Mm -hmm. And that was a big exciting moment when we said we lost a Catherine. And then Brandon, who only is, who is seven and not that much more than Catherine, he weighed about 55-ish pounds. 
Well, it was a great big moment when I lost to Brandon. Well, then we got going, and I was heading up for Brand uh, for Ben, who is 11, and uh, he's he's a skinny little twerp who is very active and runs around a lot, and the he's actually very skinny, and the doctor wants him to to eat more and gain some weight, but skinny little twerp only weighs about 73-ish pounds. So when I hit 73 pounds, I was like, yes, I lost to Ben. Then he goes to the doctor, the little crud had gained weight and was like at 74, 75 pounds. And I had to rescind my, I had lost a Ben and go after (laughs) and try to lose more so that I could say I'd lost a Ben. But you're both pushing each other positively, right? So he's gaining weight. And uh, you have to continue to lose that amount to call it a bin, right? Yeah, I told him to stop eating. So when are you going to hit a rich? That's what I want to know. <laughs> a rich, my How much is rich weigh? I have we need no to idea. know. We need to figure this out right talk now. To him. <laughs> I should. We should text him right this second. Like, we're podcasting. Marty wants to know how much you weighed. Well, the kids now want to know. They want to start adding up their weights, and they are like, now you have to lose a. Now you have to lose a Ben, Brandon, and a Captain <laughs> combined. So oh the kids God. are starting to team up against me now. So, okay. Um, All right. I'm serious. How much do you think Rich weighs? You think he's 180? Oh no, I think Rich is. I th- I bet he's 200. Maybe not. Jesus, fatty. What happened to him? <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't know. He may not be 200. That's, yeah, this is great. Let's just have 40 minutes of debating how much rich ways. <laughs> Somebody nobody fucking knows in the whole podcast. That's, That's great. That's right. Uh, but Rich is, your brother, Rich is your brother-in-law. Yeah, he's kind know. of a skinny person. He's probably one. He's probably below 200. A little punk. All right. He's got, well, he's got a little point. beer gut on him, but it's not very big. God, I hate him. Really little, do. little twerp while he eats his soup and and Chick-fil-A lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So uh, last time we talked, um, you were around 50 pounds lost, I believe, and you were heading into vacation. Uh, yeah. And I know that you were, you were really using the vacation as kind of a measuring stick of uh, – of your fitness level and whether you'd be able to do it and how you'd be able to enjoy vacation now that you started. Because I think that was a big reason why you kind of started with back was knowing that this vacation was coming. You're just not wanting to have to suffer through it, right? So, you know, um, tell us what the vacation meant to you and, and uh, how it all went, man. Well, the vacation was a big deal because I knew it was going to be hard to traverse the airports and the walking and everything else. Because Tra- traveling fat sucks. It does, just in general. First of all, I had, I went ahead and sprung for first class tickets so I'd have enough room for my behind on the airplane, um, and then, and even that, for a guy my size, was still not comfortable. I mean, it's still tight for somebody of my size. But even walking and getting through the airports and everything was tough. Um, you have to go through TSA, which when you're as big as me. The scanner doesn't scan through flab very well. Mm-hmm. And so you go through the scanner, you come out the other side, and you have to be molested. And they offer to take you in the back. I, I was with my, my niece was traveling with me, and so I didn't want to go in the back. So I just said, we'll do it here. And so he, he felt me up or whatever, and I, <laughs> and I ended up 
afterwards going over to my niece and saying, and he didn't even buy me dinner. <laughs> she thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but that was sort of a defense mechanism. But the one thing that I thought was kind of funny, but also kind of humiliating was, so the, uh, coming back, I had a, an old TSA guy and he knew what he was doing and he, he checked me out and he kind of had been around the sure lock a few times. So when he checked me out, it was all fine and it went very smoothly, quick and done. And I was mm -hmm. through in no time. But this on the way through Epley, there was a young kid and I don't know how long he'd been there, but he was so young, he couldn't have been there very long. So he's checking me out and he's checking my legs down on my swollen lower legs. He gets down there and he feels my lower leg and he just goes all stiff. He goes, what's that? And I'm like, my leg. And he thinks he's caught me with something. So he, he almost triumphantly lifts up my pant leg and sees my leg. That I didn't Yeah. <laughs> that my swollen leg. And he goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> Pulls my pant leg down. Because he thought for sure that I was stashing something down there. It's one of those like, new flesh guns. Yeah. It's a flashlight. <laughs> I don't know what he thought I had strapped to my leg, but it was just more leg. And I was like, mm -hmm, thanks. Wow. But um, so those are some of those fun, memorable moments that you'll get to think about in times to come. How was the walking? I mean, I, the walking was... actually was hard and it was really difficult, but I was so happy that I'd done the work I'd done up to that point just to make it that much easier. Yeah. Um, and Elizabeth, my my 13 year old niece, was very supportive and and. Um, she was hilarious. We had watched some of the Lord of the Rings, and, and in there, the a dwarf makes the comment of, he says, just keep breathing, just keep breathing. Dwarves are very good on short distance. So we'd be walking through the airport, and she'd go, just keep breathing, Kevin, just keep breathing. <laughs> That's so sweet of but, her. But uh, she, really, she was really good about it, and she never you know, complained or even acted the least bit exasperated when I have to stop to rest or anything. But she... Uh, uh, but we went through that airport and everything. It was great. And um, it actually worked out fine. There was no... It, the, the worst part about it was, just by dumb luck, both of my, my airplane connections were in different concourses. So it was really like maximum distance walking in both airplane switches. But that was good wow. for me. I needed yeah. the exercise anyway. And it paid off because after I went on vacation and on vacation, I lost 15 pounds. So Yeah, I mean, I remember coming back your drop in weight was was crazy and that's actually happened before with you in the past i remember that you would like you would go to uh you colorado you, yeah your family has a has a place in colorado so you guys would go visit there and um you would come back and you'd be like 10 12 pounds lighter and then i felt like there was always like a rebound the next week like it was because of the elevation so i was ready for something funky to happen like that again where you would have like a 15 pound drop and then come back and you're up eight or something right. but that didn't happen this time it's like right. you went down the next week and i'm like holy shit brace yourself buddy because this real. is <laughs> yeah this is something good is happening so well i owe a lot of that actually to my to my niece elizabeth she she did some on the on the trip she actually and her, nobody put her up to this and i i i I uh, quizzed my sister about it to see if she had, but nobody put her up to it. She just had overheard conversations that that going out to eat would be hard for me and stuff. So she decided she was going to do some cooking. Yeah. And so she gave my dad a menu of of 
a shopping list for a menu and she cooked for everybody in the whole family. And so we ate a lot of our meals of relatively healthy home cooked food foods. Is she available? And, uh, Is she available? I told her, I said I said, I lost fifteen pounds on this trip. I said, You're gonna have to be my personal chef. <laughs> but uh, That's great. she uh, you know, she made it all and then the few times we did go out to eat, we're in Florida. What am I gonna have? I'm gonna have fish. And yeah, so fish yeah. you can do relatively you know, low cal and low fat. Awesome. So, you know, as it turned out, that made for a, a pretty darn healthy. Trip. So I think one of the things that we even podcasted about ahead of time, but we certainly talked about kind of privately in our sessions was, um, was really talking to your family about your, the expectations and, and having a plan going in just so people know like, Hey guys, I'm giving, I forget what it was now, but I think it was something like I'm giving myself two, two meals out where I'm going to eat like you guys. Right. And so everybody kind of knew everybody's on the same page. Okay. Kev's going to join us and eat and eat like we are going to eat for a couple of meals. But then the rest of the time he's going to try to do his best. Um, did you think telling them, did you tell them that plan? I don't, I think we kind of did through this. I think your family might listen to some of this. Um, and do you think that helped at all? Oh, it definitely helped because because okay. we didn't we didn't have any any comments about what I was eating. We didn't have any comments about that, and they didn't have to. We didn't have really even any real discussions about well, where Kevin, where do we need to go so Kevin can? What eat? do we need to do for Kevin? Yeah, no, it was just we would go wherever, and and um, <laughs> as a result, you know, but it just worked out that we didn't do that much and. That's not to say I didn't have foods that weren't quote unquote on plan. I mean, we sure. had snacks down by the yeah. pool and so you know, I ate some foods that weren't wouldn't be from the quote unquote snack bar that were not yeah. on but plan. No, nothing's but, worse than go than first of all going on a trip and being the one person that everybody's trying to strategize around go, "Well, where can we go that Kevin wants to go?" Right. And then second of all, when you do choose to indulge, them going, oh, I thought you weren't supposed to have that. But if you just tell everybody, this is my plan. I'm trying best to stick to it. You actually gain allies. Like you find that people actually want to help you. Mm-hmm. And actually, what also helps is w- when you hear somebody else has a plan, then other people start planning too. You know what I mean? It's like okay, it gets people thinking about it. it gets them in that right frame of mind. It sets an expectation, and. I think it's just a healthy thing to do rather than show up and navigate the waters, you know, uh, you know, right as you're there, you know. So I don't know. I, I'm always a big advocate for talking about that stuff ahead of time and just saying, you know, being the first person to 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 say some kind of plan. Or just this is this is what I want you guys to expect with me, right. since it can be difficult. And I don't want shit thrown my way for having a piece of cheesecake when it's the one thing I get to indulge on on fucking vacation and everybody else has been doing nothing but stuffing their face and I get shit for being disciplined 97% of the time. I get shit for the 3%. You know, it's like, it's defeating at times. It's just, it's just hard. It can be hard. So uh, I'm glad that helped. Um, Let's see here. What was the other question? Okay. Um, People staring at you. Oh yeah! In the airports, in like the what, airports what happened, and everything, like are... uh, it it's just hard. I mean, you go in public like that, and people staring at you is tough because you're big. And, and how do you handle it? Like, what do you do? Um, most times I just ignore it. Um, little kids will stare. I try to smile at them to like, because sometimes I think that they 
can be afraid of somebody big. And so I try to make sure they know it's not a scary person. <laughs> I try to give them the maybe good. Is, Have you ever the just fun, the fun rah! Some, some kids look at you like really excited because like you're, like you're Santa. A mobile jungle gym. <laughs> yeah. Or, or yeah. But I think some of them see fat guy, they think maybe that's Santa in disguise. But I don't know. But there's, I don't, I, I sometimes I want to know what's going through the head. Sometimes I don't want to know what's going through the heads. But the hard ones are the adults that, you know, they, they look at you and immediately look away. And, and I, you know, a hundred, you and I've had this conversation, a hundred things go through my head about what they could be thinking when they look away like that. Like, um, uh, some, I, I, what you told me you think it is, is that they, they've been busted staring when they shouldn't be staring. And that's probably what it is. But, you know, I, I think of it, you know, especially if it's a female that it's mm-hmm. like, they don't, good God, don't let them look at me and think I'm attracted to them or something like that. So I put the negative spin on it from my ego rather than. Yeah, yeah. But you're I probably mean, more right. If you see somebody that is out of the norm uh, to a point where you would almost think, wow, that, that's the biggest person, or they're looking at you like, oh, the belly, God, the belly hangs low, or wh- whatever they could be thinking. Um, you know, I've seen people in my life that are super tall or like their, their, their facial, uh, you know, their, their facial features are like grotesque, you know, almost, um, or just the other day, actually, we, we were, uh, we were in West Roads, we were having dinner, um, and, uh, and there was this, uh, this guy in, in a wheelchair, like an electric wheelchair, and he was spinning around in circles he was there with like you could tell like probably his brother and his sister-in-law and their family with kids and he was kind of showing off with the thing and so it drew attention to him and my uh, four-year-old uh, just said why is he why is he in that chair and I said I don't know buddy let's go ask him so we stood up we I said do you want to go over and ask him no I said if I go over and ask him will you come with me and he said yeah and I'm like, let's go over and ask the gentleman why he's in the chair. Um, so we went up and we were brave. And I, we said, you know, I was like, hey, sir, could you, my son is four and he saw you in the wheelchair and he was curious why you're in a wheelchair. Do, do you mind telling us why, why you're in a wheelchair and what's, you know, wrong with your legs or whatever is going on? He said, thank you. Yeah, no. And it turns out he, uh, he dove into a pool. Um, of about um, 18 inches and he paralyzed himself and he had this personal he was like so do you love to swim and my son's like yeah because he's on the swim team and he's like yep I was this much water and they said not to dive and they post the signs and I did it and I fractured my neck and, and I lost feeling in my legs and he was so patient and kind and sweet in explaining why his legs no longer work and then I, I said, thank you so much. This is, you know, obviously a painful story, um, but a, a good story and a great lesson for, for my son to be able to hear. And I said, I'm always trying to teach the lesson to my kids that if you see somebody different than you, go connect with them. Don't develop a judgment on people from not talking to them and not connecting with them. Because I think the natural human impulse is to stare, get caught, and look away. If you see something you don't see all the time, you really want to kind of take it in. And so that probably happens quite a bit, Kev. 
yeah. is you catch people looking at you, th- you know, looking at you and sizing you up and and whatever, and you might catch them, um, you know, st- looking or st- staring or. And, and what's sad is that their first impulse is to look away and th- and then like disregard your existence, like. If you catch me, look. And I see what's weird is I can relate to this a little bit. Um, not as much from being I'm, I, I don't think even though I was pushing, you know, 380 pounds um, a couple times in my life. Um, I, I don't feel like I ever gave the impression that people stared at me because I was the biggest person they've ever seen. Um, people would stare at, you know, situations where you know if you're trying to get on a roller coaster like you're the biggest person in line you know like oh what's going to happen there you know i was scared too um so i never got that kind of attention where i was like out of the the norm the biggest person that somebody had seen um but it happened a lot post biggest loser where you would walk into any kind of social situation and you would start seeing people stare at you uh, because somebody in at the bar or somebody at the restaurant would piece together that you were from that Biggest Loser show. Um, and uh, they would be in a pack of people and you would see the pack look over because they can't ha- help themselves. Mm-hmm. And one person's not looking at you. The rest all turn in unison and start looking at you. And then you know right off the bat, oh, they know I was from the show. Because uh, I never got that kind of attention before the show. No one gave a fuck about me right. at that point. Um, so big fatty walking into bar, nobody cared. Now all of a sudden, uh, there are, but it, it was kind of lonely because people wouldn't ever really. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't come up and talk to you. It's like you would, you would, you would, you would deal with stares all night long, and you would catch people, but they would never connect with you, and it felt lonely to some extent. And to some extent, I felt the burden of having to go and actually break the ice with them. There were plenty of times where I would go up and go, hey, guy, you know, like, hey, how are you, you know? And sometimes they were like, hey, yeah, you know? And other times they were almost kind of scared to talk to you, you know? It's really fucking bizarre. But in that weird way, I would catch people, you know, in, the, right. in probably the way you did. And I can relate to it kind of a little bit on that. It doesn't really happen anymore. No one cares or gives a shit. It was 15 years ago. 12 years ago now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, maybe I'm projecting a little bit onto your experience because I had a similar thing yeah. and felt that. But but yeah, it's, 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 it is kind of interesting. So Well, you and I talked about this after it happened in the airport. And then it was two or three days after we talked about it that I was at a Storm Chasers game with my dad. That's right, yeah. And Dad was going to get the car, and I was sitting And wasn't it like your first game in a long time that you have been to, and it, it was, was hot, and you were taking a risk going, right? Yep. It was my first time going back to the game. Was, um, How do you fit in those seats, by the way? Are those bleacher seats? Or no, are they, they're, they're they regular seats. Armrests? Yeah, okay. they have armrests, and it's, it's not great, but I fit. Okay. More or less. Okay. <laughs> it's not comfortable, but it's it's doable. Okay. Um, I wouldn't have fit prior to losing some weight, but after yeah. the uh, after the trip uh, is do- doable. And and going down the stairs and going back up the stairs uh, is tough. But um, I was happy to find out I could do it again. So I've been to a couple uh, this season. But I'd gone back to the first one for a while, and was sitting there on the bench waiting for the car to come and had another situation where, you know, I was catching people looking and then looking away. And one of the people (laughs) who looked at me 
and looked away, if they had looked at me as a person instead of a belly or as instead of a, a pile of fat, if they would have looked at my face, if they would have looked at me before they looked away, they would have realized they knew me because it was somebody from my past, from about two, three years in my past, uh, maybe five years in my past. And it was somebody that I hadn't seen in a long time, but they should have known me because I, I had known them for a long time. And, but they looked away and walked away, and, and, but they didn't do that. They looked at me as a being, not as a person, and then looked away. And, and so, what was going through your mind? I was like, then? oh, well, yeah, um, see you later. <laughs> I almost thought about calling out to him, but by that point, it, by the time I made the decision whether or not I was going to call out to him, they were too far away. So I said, eh, whatever. But Wow, dude. It, it was a surreal experience, but um, it sort of put a capper on that whole conversation of ours, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. uh, to have that conversation, and then that just sort of drove it home and I think it leads to an interesting question Who, whose burden is that you know that they, they, they're looking at you they're judging you they're looking at you like you said as a being and if they would have taken time to look in my eyes um, they might have noticed that they knew me on the other side of things um, you're, you're somebody that has put on a lot of weight to the point where you think you might be unrecognizable there's a certain amount of shame in that Absolutely. that makes you not want to reach out, but at the same time, you're 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 missing human connection there. And whose burden is that? You understand humans judge. At the same time, there's shame within you to say something because you know who who you know. Oh, I was two hundred. I'm two hundred pounds more than last time you saw me, or whatever. Like, who wants to call attention to that? Right. You know what I mean. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. It's just an interesting conundrum there, the whole thing. It, it just leaves, of course, you feeling like complete ignored shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was a terrible feeling, but at the same time, just like you said, I, I've run, I've thought about it so much since then and run the gambit of, you know, how you know thoughts of well how horrible of that person for seeing me as an you know disgusting object but then i think back and think well i make all kinds of excuses for it because think of all the things that have changed about me since the last time they saw them and i've got to take ownership for a lot of that you know so i mean the the honest answer is there there's there's a lot to be said about both sides of that story yeah. and, and that's just the way it is well, here's the deal. Before we bring me too far down, this is what I, I what I would like to tell you. I've I've seen your work. You've lost seventy seven pounds. That's true. Um, you're here taking on demons that a lot of big people who aren't as big as you aren't willing to do. Uh, since you started here, um, I think you're. I mean, your food journaling. Let's see here. Um, I mean, a majority of the weeks you're coming in, you're food journaling all seven days. So if you just think that, I mean, your food journaling, I mean, that's 700% more effort in food journaling that you were giving. Um, you're working out, you're doing all of these different laps 
Um, you're coming and working out with me once a week. So you're giving like 400% more effort toward your exercising than you were uh, a, a short while ago. Um, and for you as a big guy pushing over 500 pounds, that's a lot of fucking hard work, dude. When I look at you and what you're taking on, I know it doesn't feel like this, but you—I I mean, I see—I see a hero, Kev. I really do. I see somebody because I know how hard it is to deal with this, and I know—I I mean, I just look out to the world. I can't—I can't reach everybody. I mean, I talk from the mountaintops. I've been on the radio six years straight. I've been on the radio the last two years. And I've had 10 new members at the club in two years. I, I mean, not everybody is stepping out of the woodwork to take on the hard work necessary. And here you are, like maybe twice the size of some of our people here at the club, mm -hmm. taking this on and putting, you know, 1,400% uh, more effort into this area of your life than you were a short while ago. And you're down 77 pounds and you're here working. When other people aren't, I, I, I know the status quo and it's not doing anything, you know? And I, I just see, I see a fighter, Kev. I see a fighter, I see a hero. I see somebody that's willing to look at the fight, to take on the fight. When a majority of the big people that are out there and that I know personally too, surrender. And I am, I'm just super, pr I'm proud of you that you were able to pick yourself up again after losing almost 200 pounds and putting it back on, um, you, you just, I don't think you know the, the balls you have and the, the strength that you really have within you. I know it all feels like, well, I should be doing all this and this weight should be coming <laughs> off, but you spent long periods of your time, your life not doing shit for it, Kev. And you know, it's, it's just led to destruction. It really has. Um, I'm just so, I'm really proud of you. I see you working in our workouts and walking around and putting an effort into an area of your life. Let's, let's face it, has not gone well. It has not gone well. True. And that is, to me, that's amazing. Well, thank you. You know, I mean, this is a bad analogy, but it's like the person that's really struggled with severe depression their whole life, willing to step up and do something. You know, you're like, oh, I, I get it, I get it, you know this is hard or whatever, you know, or an addiction, you know, mm -hmm. somebody that's been just addicted to heroin. That's like, I'm willing to fight. You deserve, you deserve to know all the positive things you're doing and, and see the progress and, and be told by me or whoever it is that you're doing great shit, man. I, and I, I really think that I see you here. I see the work that you're putting in, obviously weights coming off. So something's going well. And, um, I just see a person who is, should you should be your own personal hero dude because you're making changes and that's so fucking hard and it's even harder to do once you've massively failed at it <laughs> i mean you can only have a big you know you had a big success but sometimes big successes lead to even bigger failures yeah it, it, it is harder with that on the yeah. history books yes but um i am excited about the way things are going now and i am proud of what we've done so far and um, I'm looking forward to continuing it and I'm looking forward to challenging it and you know the negativity side of my brain right now is more in the mindset of waiting for the other shoe to drop so I'm looking for 
for that next thing. So I'm trying it's to be a little stop. It's, well, know, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm, crack. I'm trying to be proactive about it. I'm, I, you know, as part of my normal system with this is I usually get into a routine, and so I'm trying to think of ways to mix up my routine because eventually routine becomes boring and that's when I get in trouble. So sure. I'm trying to proactively start thinking of ways to alter my routine so that that doesn't happen. Sure. Okay. So I'm trying to do some of that now. I'm trying to start changing some things up and doing some things and, and trying to do that safely because right now the routine's working and I don't want to mess it up, but I also don't want to ride that train until it crashes. Sure. So, yep, there are going to be challenges, but you got people around you, buddy, that can help you problem solve. And push comes to shove, I'm going to go grab Elizabeth and make her cook for me. I say we need to do that. We need, notice how I move myself. In there. <laughs> yes. We need to do that. Well, Kev. Elizabeth says if we take her on we a trip to. somewhere, she'll be happy to cook. <laughs> All right. So the things I pull away from today are uh, Elizabeth can cook. We need we need to we need to bring her on in some capacity. Sure. Uh, I can't wait until you uh, lose a rich. I want you to lose a rich, <laughs> and you know that jerk. He will put on weight. Just despite you. He'll start going to buffets right and left. He will. He probably does. He already goes to Hoo Hot every day. The people at Hoo Hot know his name. He has first name basis with all waiters, waitresses, and managers at Hoo Hot. The man knows everyone there. That is funny. So what are you excited about moving forward here? Like what are you you looking at positively uh, moving forward? I mean, you've lost 77. Weight's kind of coming off at a fast clip here. I mean... We went from like, I don't know, 551 to 547 to 532 um, to 520 to 518 to five. I mean, so yeah, I'm really having a hard time with that right now. I actually am trying to think of my next goal, and I'm trying to make that goal not scale related. Yeah, probably important. Um, I'm trying to make it something that is obtainable that is not something that can be easily dis- derailed by something like so the scale or something like that. So I'm trying to think of something like similar to my original goal was to make myself healthier for the trip, the vacation. Yeah. You know, that was something that was just about feeling better. So I'm trying to come up with something like that and I haven't, and I haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, but I'll, I'll come up with something. So that's something right. I'm working on. But as far as something I'm positive about, um, uh, you know the clothes are fitting better. The 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 getting around's getting better. I, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully getting myself in a little bit better shape so I can start doing some more genuine exercises as opposed to laps and perhaps getting into some more classes yes. at some point. So good, buddy. That's kind right. of what I'm hoping for. So last question to end our evening tonight. Um, when you lose a when you lose a hundred pounds, can we can, can we podcast and do a Tinder profile for you? <laughs> I was so worried you were going to mention wrestling singlets and baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> that will be somehow included. Oh, no. When I lose a hundred pounds, can you do a Tinder profile? Heck we no. want to do a Tinder profile with you and podcast it, so we can go through all the questions that they would ask and all the. I don't. I don't know. I don't never. I don't know. But I feel like that would make a fun podcast for us to go through the process of developing a I'm Tinder profile. I'm a little profile. frightened about what you would talk to think my answers are to Tinder questions. <laughs> yeah, I would certainly want to help. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> just, just be open to the idea. Once again, folks, if you would really, 
really like to hear a podcast of us developing Kevin's Tinder profile, please reach out. I know a couple of you already have, but I need a, a few more people to reach out. Also, if you have filled out a Tinder profile in the past, we might need your help in helping us with that, actually. So that would be very helpful. So I'm calling on all of my chubby nation out there. If you know, have anything to do with Tinder, uh, you've been on there, you've developed a profile, let us know. Come forward. Uh, we need to figure this out for Kevin. Uh, Chubby Nation, once again, thanks for listening. Kev, thanks for sharing your story, no all problem. the intimate details of everything. Absolutely, people need, absolutely need to hear this information. Um, and, uh, man, it just makes us feel less less alone. I, I think part of the illness of obesity is just an isolated mindset of where, you know, we're not getting together talking about some of this stuff, like the staring and, and the other stuff like that. And it happens to people for different reasons. It's just so good to be able to hear that another person's human experience and how they navigate through it. I just really think that there is power in stories and at least uh, maybe in some small way it helps us to uh, gain a little bit of clarity, but also somehow know that we're we're not alone trying to deal with, with the strife of living with a few extra pounds around our waistline. So Chubby Nation, once again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if, if you can, our goal here always is to spread the podcast. So please share us on your Facebook page. And until next time, my Chubby Nation, oh, bye-bye now. That's your food for thought from another episode of the Chubby Talk Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us on the Chubby Talk Podcast Facebook page, comment on the episode in SoundCloud or iTunes, or find us at chubbytalk.com. Thank you for listening to Chubby Talk, where you can always find something to sink your teeth into.